Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet jazz. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. I'm a people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. I'm a people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all ride. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Bay Heights Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm with Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? Hey, Jason. Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded um i just mm-hmm. put up uh posting just this week just got some stuff in the can i'm uh looking forward to 2021 how have you been the past few weeks how's the holidays how's been how's the new year been for you yeah i guess it's been that long it's 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 crazy how much the world changes um every three to four weeks right um new year's good um family's good we're all coping we're still lockdown here so it's an extended christmas break for the kids they're doing the whole virtual learning which is uh pretty strenuous on uh on the family but uh apart okay. from that we're all we're all good on our end yeah um so lockdowns just, in place there is a lockdown yeah. right now okay yes the reason i asked that question is um it's it's i don't know if it's an island mentality you ever heard of that when people are in islands they they're long enough they start to think the island is the world like whether it's manhattan hong kong england it's just you you kind of sense you you get this tendency that's how people start to just sort of um live so since i landed back in singapore a few weeks ago at first it was a bit of a shock to the system just being around people walking around like it's a normal functioning place after being uh sheltering in place for months really the whole year uh, and then once I got past that, then for the most part, I've been catching up, uh, you know, with just everybody I know here and, um, by and large, it's, it's almost like there is no pandemic. Like we definitely talk about it from an, from an intellectual standpoint, you know, like what it means politically, economically, all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it's a different feeling to it. So then you just start to lose touch with, uh, it's possible to lose touch with how, like how we, you and I would talk about it back when I was in California. It's, 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 it's what, um, us in quote Western world should be envious of. Um, before we dive into the actual play and the actual standings or anything, but you made a comment to me, which I didn't follow up on, but I wanted to hear what you were going to say with it. I think it might've been a conversation with your wife about, the bubble and the league or something like whether or not they should be doing NBA. Like, did you, it seemed like you had a, a, a thought that was going to be uh, a kind of a full throated thought on this. She just, um, I think we were watching, um, you know, CP 24 here in uh, the GTA and yeah. her whole, th- and she saw that Minnesota or some teams got to miss like the next three games. And her whole thing was like, wait a minute, why didn't they just bubble? And uh, I, I didn't have a good answer for, I mean, I, I tried to explain it where I'm like, listen, these, you know, these, these things have to be collectively bargained and, yeah. um, and whatnot, but I still don't have a good answer because, you know, you're the one that sold me on the bubble last year. And it's like, it's like Ryan, you know, Dr. Fauci and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, okay. And, and they pulled it off. No, they didn't yeah. pull it off. I mean, they they are the gold standard. I mean, they no games no games were missed, no games were postponed. Nobody um, tested positive that whole time in the bubble. 
in the bubble, right? People, yeah. you're right. People who who broke protocol got dealt with, and I think what one or two players got quote unquote snitched, um, but it was yeah. fine. But but it was it I was real. No one tested positive. That's amazing. Anyway, keep going. It was it was it was absolutely a success. So why not repeat the whole thing? And I, t- I said, you know what, these these guys just. You know, I think it was a one-time thing to finish the season, and yeah. I, I still don't have a good answer because I don't know if the bubble was even discussed the second time around. Um, so if it's something that, you know, you're more informed on the subject, it, but it's, yeah. If I remember right, it might have been brought up briefly and shut down very quickly because you're you, the problem is that then you're going to be asking guys to be living in a bubble for, like, eight months whatever it is now if you're 23 if you're like james wiseman and you don't really have anyone around you're like whatever sure i'll go live in disneyland for a few months you know i'm gonna go play golf or whatever you're gonna do in that bubble and i'll feel safe but if you're like jj reddick and you got like four kids and your wife you probably don't want to be away from everybody for eight months you know he's he's, he's, jj reddick has four kids i think he has four kids could be wrong about that wow so he's you know like he's, he's He's definitely he's, he's definitely quite the shooter. But here's my thing. <laughs> Gordon um, Hayward too, actually. And Gordon Hayward has like his fourth kid now. And yeah, so those guys, when you're older, like LeBron, he's not going to want to be away from his family for like eight months. Yeah. It begs the question because you know, it, let's just say what in terms of revenue, right? It's an A two game schedule. But for every 10 games, they're losing, what, about a billion in revenue? So that was something, some kind of figure like that? Okay. A number, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I know I know what you're saying. They had to hit um, the certain number of games played through the year to get the regional sports network revenue. Like the different, you know, for like, like C, who was it, Sportsnet in Toronto and Comcast mm-hmm. in like Dallas or whatever the, whoever carries the regional games in order to get that money. They had to hit number of games by the year. That was true for last yeah. year, and it's also true for this year. Why not take the L? Because in terms of like, in in terms of um, in terms of all the four major sports, hockey's the worst, right? In terms of its <laughs> uh, in terms of its liquid, and they're going to take a wash. They took a wash last year. They're taking a wash this year. And from what I, because as you know. Canada. It's all we listen to is is hockey, and I unfortunately have to listen. I I have to listen to forty minutes of hockey to hear five minutes of basketball on the radio. So, so what I've been able to gather is that the NHL is going to take a bath this year, and the hope is that next year they'll be able to get fans, and they're going to maybe up season tickets, and that's the way they're going to compensate for you know one and a half years of lost revenue. Why why can't the NBA do that and maybe make just you know a fifty game schedule bubble and you know because um, what's what's worse losing these games? They they are losing, losing they are losing revenue. They are like so they shortened down to seventy two games. Like they're trying to hit seventy because it's like however many games they play is going to affect how much revenue they get. And so I guess the compromises they got to seventy plus. Um, I think 70 plus is what they needed to hit in order to just keep that revenue. Well, you're saying just give away that revenue. Oh, okay. If you're, um, so that revenue is not shared among the teams. And I think the, I remember, if I remember this right, a bunch of the small market teams, like that was a big deal for them. Um, Mm. They don't really have too many 
outlets to make all this cash right and sponsorships the way like LA or in New York might. So that's where, you know, it becomes an issue. Um, so I think there it was basically the concern was about actual long-term viability of the league. It's like, if they go like Joe Lacob talked about, you know, we can't just shut down the league for a year and two years and, or substantially diminish it. Like if we do that, there's actually a danger that the league does not survive financially. Um, hmm. It's it. It sounds unfathomable to people when you think about the numbers that they've been doing in some some odd years, but it's kind of not. I mean, if you just think about different organizations that would fall that you never expected to fall, uh, companies, banks. I mean, we ten years ago there were a bunch of banks that fell down, which we never ever could have dreamed could have fallen. Right. So um, it's true. You're like yeah. you're like recession proof, but that's only. <laughs> contingent upon that business kind of still um as yeah. normal i was gonna yeah. say as well yeah. that you know at least if like if you're a staple center for example um and you're hosting games with no fans at least you can you know at least like maybe what a third of your security staff have jobs again maybe um yeah do you know what I mean? Like, or like, like a building operators, maybe, yeah. maybe a third of them are on the payroll again. I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not like there is, isn't, isn't any benefit to, um, you know, the Utah that jazz is, playing yeah. at home, right? There's, there's that custodians that are working made, again. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. trainers. Yeah. Like some chefs and their training facilities. Yeah. So that's, that case has been made too. Cause there's a lot of people who in the arenas, around the arenas, around the, not just okay well the billionaires are trying to keep their billions right there's a lot of peripheral jobs that are at stake too um and i know that there was a quote a famous quote that was that was you know denigrated the cure cannot be worse than the the virus but there's uh there's something to be said about that which which i I always believed which was like yeah you can shut everything down but well there are going to be ramifications to shutting down an economy the point of an economy is to support everyone's livelihood beyond and and you know actually just bringing singapore into this it's even when they did shut things down fully like um back last year uh they it was it was done in a kind of a targeted way where um if you were working for example in a job or in a function that was considered important to the global supply chain then the government deemed you as essential so it's like maybe some people in the banks might be going into the office now i don't know why they would have to go into the office because really if you work in a bank you probably work from home but whatever like that was just the point is is they were they were taking a they weren't taking just a blanket approach they were saying we're going to be a bit strategic about this now with that said they also did shut things down really early on before there was even really that many numbers anyway so that's part of the deal but but um, but opening up and kind of being a bit strategic and how they're going to sort of allow these businesses and these teams to run does make sense to me, even if it's a bit of a not um, not even if it's not without controversy, you know. Um, but, yeah, like the infections, I mean, we kind of expected it. It's an indoor team. It's an indoor sport. Guys are playing. It's not like, for example, um, a sport like volleyball you're standing on the opposite sides of the courts there's not that much contact with each other um i'll tell you before we go and we'll dive right into the actual play for a minute because we've kind of gone on about the pandemic stuff one thing that kind of irritates me is when i hear the pundits and the players there's the protocols in place for good reason 
And then they'll just be like, well, what's the point of wearing a mask on the bench when we're just sweating all over each other? Or what's the point of this protocol when there's this? And they just look for all the different contradictions. And then they start just complaining about it. Or on the jump, they're like, well, I don't know if I want the vaccine because I don't know about this and that. And it's like, well, number one, I think it's kind of irresponsible for the jump. It's like, well, I didn't know Paul Pierce was this, you know, medical doctor who can talk about vaccines. I think they should just whoa, stop whoa, who, talking who, about who, the vaccine. Yeah, who talked about the vaccine? It's on on the jump. This brings it's, it's, it was in the topic of like, uh, well, well, you know, oh, can, players be forced to take a vaccine and all this stuff, and then you got Paul oh, Pierce, and God, got Richard Jefferson. Everyone comments like, "Yo, this is not really uh, for you to wow. debate, right?" So. Yep. Responsible. If you're going to debate it, at least do it in a format where you have someone who's like, uh, you know, um, someone who is a medical expert in the area of vaccines so that they can just address those questions from those players. Right. Be like, well, you're I can't you're skeptical for a reason. Here's why you should be OK. It's 99 percent effective. And here's what we've gone through. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't need I don't see how America has been how the American sports fan has been made better off now listening to Paul Pierce or Rachel Nichols well, talk about the I, and that's one thing. The other thing I was told you that I could have told you that about Paul Pierce, but yeah, go on. <laughs> but then uh the other thing was about when people kind of question they almost ridicule the protocols or people almost take or maybe they take into the protocol and they just go into an extreme like I can't believe that guy took down his mask to eat a burger. It's like he can eat a burger in the stands. The fans are in the arena he can eat a burger. It's like just use some common sense. Like when I'm in Singapore here, and yes, things are under control. There's no local infections. People are wearing masks everywhere because that's the rule. And then when you go into the restaurants and cafes, everything's functioning. But it didn't mean that they're like, well, we're not going to employ any rules at all. It's going to be like we're going to take out a bunch of the tables and chairs. So you there's fewer tables, and so there's more space. And we're only going to allow tables of parties of eight. You know, because that's the the rule now. No more than eight people at a time. And people will be like, well, you know, you put eight people there and eight people there at 16. So what's the point of eight? Well, that's not no one's questioning that. They're just like there are these measures in place because not any one measure is going to solve the virus. But if you add all the measures up together, these are all just different controls that kind of help mitigate the risk. And that's the point. That's why someone's going to wear a mask, even if there's no infections around them on the bench. So I just wanted to just make that one complaint that I keep hearing. And all these podcasts are like, whoa, this it's not meant to be a perfect solution because if it was, there wouldn't have been a, a virus. But uh, okay, long probably have to cut some of the stuff out. We'll get to the plane. No, 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 that, that was that was oh. good stuff. I'll leave. I'll, I'll even. I'll even um, take it a step further. It's okay. it's a sport dominated by percentages, and you would think they would grasp that concept. Of, <laughs> you know, prob- probability and physical. Um, yeah. Is it yeah. is it called um what's it called in chemistry entropy? Am I saying that right? Um, um yeah, I mean the chances the chances of a chemical reaction or bond somewhere in the world of grade ten science teachers killing killing <laughs> us right now. Um, but yeah, I mean oh, it's it's exactly that. It's it's the chances of you making a free throw as opposed to making a three point shot. One's a better chance than the other. That's how you should yeah, treat true. masks and the virus and yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's the best analogy. That's so true, and I'll leave. Uh, that's the great great way to wrap it up. Now uh, that point, it's so true. You just give yourself the best chance of success. Get an open shot, as open a shot as you can. That's it. Yeah, it's true. So, um, so a, a few like just different teams and stuff I've seen. So just a few observations. Um, 
the Cleveland Brooklyn games. I kind of was watching a bit of highlights there. You know, the ones that uh, Brooklyn lost. Did you catch that, any of that at all? I I, I did. I did. Okay. Um, I'm still. So, by the way, I'm. I I have ordered my James Harden baby blue Brooklyn <laughs> uh, t-shirt jersey. A uh, friend of the show is helping me out with that, procuring that um, um, okay. south of the border. So, yeah, those those are great games. By the way, I order from Canada. Can you not? It has to be in local market. Is that right? Like, if I'm no, in San Antonio, I can't order a Pascal Siakam jersey if I don't want. I really want the uh, the old school New Jersey Nets blue. So. Um, and with the Harden, and so far I haven't been able to find it. And I didn't care. The shipping wasn't that bad. And like I said, okay. my friend's helping me with it. So we'll, okay. we'll find a way to smuggle it across the border. But, um, yeah, I, I thought those were great games. And um, I, I, I do have an opinion on them because uh, – but, yeah, those, those were great games. Let, let's hear what you have to say about them. Yeah, just small observations um, when I was watching. Okay, first I was reading about it because I, I, re- I watched kind of stuff after the fact. I'm like, okay, how did they lose to Cleveland? When I watched, I'm like, and then there was all the skepticism around Brooklyn, how are these three guys going to play together? They're such high usage players. You know, they need the ball in their hands. But actually their offense, I have no no fear, no doubt that they're not going to be just superb offensively. Everything I saw in their offense and just in what I was watching, I was pretty, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. And I, and I do believe that, yeah, James, he can give up the ball to like Kyrie or Kevin if they, if they need to if if the play dictates it and I, and the whole concern that would James move off move around when he's off ball but the thing is the reason why that mattered in the past was because James was the only guy who could really go get his own shot like yeah CP kind of but he's more of a playmaker whereas Kyrie and Kevin Durant are such superior isolation players anyway it doesn't really matter if James is running around like you know Colin Sexton I I like what I see actually I mean I didn't really like what I'd seen in the past or just my impression of him but watch him in the game he just looked like he had fire it didn't really matter what the score was he just looked like he was just playing hard and always trying and like there was that one play I watched where KD had an open dunk slash layup and Colin Sexton just didn't give up he just sprinted back sprinted back stripped the ball before KD could get up and I'm like all right like I think this guy's got fire and then I wasn't aware that Colin Sexton was one of the players who actually went uh, when he was at Alabama he went three on five somehow all the players just got ejected so that they had to field three players against five opponents and so he went for 40 points in that game. So, um, and then the last that, one, that's, that's an incredible story. I had no idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fish out a clip. I sent to you. Uh, but the other thing was Cleveland, eh? I am kind of impressed by them. Like they looked decently solid. Like I bet if LeBron were on that team, they'd be, I know it always goes without saying that if LeBron's on the team, they're going to make the finals, but that's actually a pretty solid Cleveland team. From what I saw, I, I, I thought so. I don't know if it was just Brooklyn not being good, but, that's what I thought about Cleveland. What were your thoughts on watching that? Yeah, shout outs to uh Larry Nance Jr., who's like my eighth center. Um he's uh <laughs> he's 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 been kind of fun to watch. Look, I think the sexing guy, if like you know, if he if he fizzles out and is the next like Gilbert Arenas, he'll still have the game that he, you know, beat the Brooklyn Nets, especially especially if Brooklyn ends up winning a championship. Um, he'll be the guy that's like, I took this team to double overtime and beat him. I think he was aware of the moment and, you know, he realized he had nothing to lose. And but I think that's why he saw those yeah, two games well, in a row. That's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. And two the first in a row. game, yeah, the, double overtime, yeah. First one being, um, 
just from being incredible. Kind of reminds me of uh, Shelton Benjamin beating Triple H on Raw and then repeating it like a week later in like a tag or whatever. It was it was kind of cool. It was like <laughs> you you kind of knew the upset was coming in pro wrestling, but honestly, I kind of knew it was coming as well um, because it was just like. Oh, no team's gonna lose when three of their star players combine for like ninety something points and it's just like, <laughs> oh, what well, you got you know. Um <laughs> I like I actually caught um I actually caught Wilbon and Kornheiser the next day and I thought they were very um I haven't caught them in a while. I didn't couldn't remember if the last thing because they're always hit and miss those guys. Sometimes they're hacks, sometimes they're proper and sometimes they're you know bang on like i wouldn't change a word they say and it's like you know thank you for being you know an american institution they basically said like come talk to me in june right and it's just like that's the best thing you could say about brooklyn like come talk to me in playoffs like you know i remember when um i remember when miami formed their big three and every time miami would lose like everyone would just be like "Ooh, this man like you know <laughs> false pr- you know, false prophets, dude, like, you know, uh, so far for, you know, so long for destiny. It's just like, man. And even when they lost to Dallas in the finals, like, how could you not think they weren't going to be back the next year, at least, at least coming out of the East? So that's oh, my opinion. Of, there will be another pod because we're probably going to end up bringing it up. I, I never really believed in Miami. I never really did. I just, oh. I was one of those people. Every time I see them, I, uh, like, they just didn't. We even we even covered that in the actually I'm not even sure if we posted it we, yet, but the, the Heatles podcast. But they were never yeah. dominant. They were never dominant enough to make you think, "Oh, I'm super afraid of them." Because they just it was like there was the one year, or maybe more than one year, they had less than 50 wins, and it's just like, all right, yeah, it's okay. I can see afraid. Afraid might oh, be yeah. The- af- af- afraid might not be the the best word. I think that's kind of a LeBron thing because you I don't know. Um, anyways, um, yeah, you, you're, you're right though. So anyways, with, 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 with Brooklyn though, um, uh, forget what I was saying, but yes, with, with, with Brooklyn, it's like, yeah, come, come talk to us in June. Like it's going to take us a while to figure this out. New coach, new core. You just got rid of, you just got rid of Levert, who was like, you know, a, a good player for you. Um, you're going to have some, uh, chemistry issues right now. I will say this though, uh, not as a, it's not really, it's not really a hardened apologist, but I was talking to some guys at work and they were like, Oh, Ryan, how, how's Harden going to fit? And he's got to share the balls. It's like, you idiot. Like <laughs> he's, I think he realizes the moment he's in, he, he asked for this trade. He's not going to go to Brooklyn where he's, doesn't assume he's the third option. I mean, he, I think he's quite comfortable with that. I think that the, he, I think he asked for this. I think this is part of yeah, some sort of maturation. Yeah. J- James, I think people confuse James Harden's diva complex. Like it's an all encompassing word. Um, it can mean a lot of different things. He's not burning sage before games. He's, he, he, you know, <laughs> he might, he might go to strip clubs and stuff like that. My whole thing of James Harden is this. I think James Harden would be the same person that you see today if he was in if he was working the loading docks at Home Depot. So what I'm trying to say is you give that man a little bit of money and he's probably gonna go with his friends and spend it on, you know, stupid things just to, you know, that's how he enjoys his social <laughs> life. Um I really don't see him changing. I don't think James Harden wakes up in the morning and says like, 
what would the character James Harden do? Like, I don't think he puts that much thought into what he does for, you know, to, uh, in terms of a persona. I think he is what he is. I think the people latch on a little bit. I get that people don't like parts of his game or in his entire game. I completely <laughs> get that. But, but, but him as this, him as this selfish player that wouldn't go to Houston to play with Durant, a player that he's played with before, and not not conform to what system? I mean, what what planet are you on? He he, there was never a doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to come to Brooklyn and just, you know, a, you know, he's he's averaging almost a triple double. He might even end up being the NBA leader in assists this year. So um, <laughs> there wasn't a, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that he was going to be the player that he is right now. Yeah, I I think that. And well, okay, I doubted how they were going to work, but after watching like what I did watch with the three of them, I, I those doubts have uh, they're gone. Like I think they're going to be fine offensively. I think they just probably there's probably someone, and I don't think it's on the team yet, but someone who would come in and change the mentality around defense. I think that's really all they need. I think you know it's almost like you got to trade DeAndre Jordan for someone. It doesn't have to be a star level, but just someone who brings that defensive intensity that. You know, like when you play pickup and there's one guy who's just working at a certain level and then it just sort of motivates you a bit because you just you see him go and then it picks up the energy of the whole game. Maybe all the mm-hmm. players sort of almost see that guy and then everybody feels like stepping up. Someone like that. I guess they're yeah. I don't want to say KG because KG is a Hall of Famer, but, you know, just some kind of pit bull, like a Pat Bev in a way. But no, nah, it's someone someone big. Yeah. Um, or Gasol. Gasol, maybe a younger Gasol. I guess so. Yeah, younger Gasol. I was thinking just someone who can be a bit alpha and intense. Like Gasol's a bit of a, he kind of mm-hmm. receded to the corner a bit. Okay. So something else I saw um, Phoenix and Memphis. I was watching a bit of that. A few observations that come to mind. Number one was small one, Jake Crowder. Every time I watch that guy play, I always feel like he looks solid. And it makes me wonder why is he always bouncing around? Boston, Utah, Cleveland, Miami, Phoenix. Or maybe it was Boston, Cleveland, Utah, Miami, Phoenix. Like, whatever the order was. I'm like, how is it that this guy just can't seem to stay on a team? I thought in Miami that they were just going to keep that guy around. No, nope, he's out. So, I don't know, just one observation. Um, John Moran. That's like, that's, that's, that's like J.J. Redick for me. Like, why that guy hasn't been part of a one team for 15 years is beyond me. Well, at least for a number of years. J.J. had a pretty solid position in Orlando. Stan liked him. And and he went to the finals there. Then he went to uh, L.A. Clippers, and he was there for quite a number of years through the whole Blake and Paul, um, like uh, the Lob City era. And then, okay, a couple of years, Philly. Decent. Was it one year, Philly? I forget what. But, uh, um, but you know, so he's been he's – been, uh, he, he was in places long enough to make his mark. Crowder is kind of like he's a journeyman, and I just – I guess I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, I couldn't quite figure it out. More for Miami. I figured, okay, Miami's got this guy. They're going to find a way to keep him. Like Boston, okay, they got rid of him because they were making way for um, Kyrie Irving as part of the trade. And really, they were going to try and get Gordon Hayward anyway. Utah, I guess, or sorry, Cleveland, yeah, like they didn't really blend in. LeBron just didn't want those guys around. So then Utah, he, I think he was contract was up. They didn't have a need, a need to sign him. So then I get all that. But I guess I, guess I was a bit surprised that he's in Phoenix. But anyway, he looks solid. John Morant from Memphis, I'm super impressed by that guy. He just, it doesn't matter how many seconds are left, how how they're down. He just looks so calm and poised. He's just going to be very special. I think he's just going to be very special. And so um, just reiterating that, like I remember making that comment after watching him in the bubble. 
but I feel the same. And I, it's just kind of, yeah, you're right. Uh, go at it. Yeah. Well, was you're right. Uh, you're, 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 well, you're big on him. I honestly haven't seen enough of him. Um, okay. The only player that comes to mind that I liked, I did pick him because I figured, eh, I don't know what kind of season New Orleans is going to have, but I picked up ball. Um, sorry, I don't, I don't know what, which of the balls is on New Orleans, but, you know, third overall, uh, there you go. Uh, Let's go to balls, yeah, because I was going to talk about the balls. But tell me, what are you going to say? I... I like him. I, I remember when he was drafted, everyone's like, he's the most talented guy in the draft. And it doesn't matter if you went number one, two, three, or I guess even as high as six. Um, and there was, I think I saw his interview and I saw him playing in, where did he play? In Australia, right? That's where he was playing last year. Yeah, so you're talking um, about LaMelo Ball in Charlotte now, not Lonzo in New Orleans. Wow. That's embarrassing. I don't even know which ball I have on my fantasy team. Okay. Um, <laughs> That is yeah, quite embarrassing. No, just just you started talking New Orleans, and so I, I was like, "Let's Lonzo." But if you meant Charlotte, but what you're describing now, you're, it seems like you're describing Lamelo. Who? Yes, he played in uh, Australia. Yeah, RJ yes, Hampton, rookie. Yeah. I, I definitely have the rookie because the rookie. I, okay, yeah, I remember winning. I remember winning that particular week because he got his first ever triple double. I mean, in game like five or whatever. Um, of his NBA career, so um, yeah, he's been he's, he's he's been fun to watch. I see, I see why people say he's special. So I've I've, I've seen a bit of him and uh, pretty impressed. And um, the other game I caught the other night was um, was the Knicks and Wait, um, with Charlotte. Let's stay on Charlotte for a minute, Lamelo, because uh, mm-hmm. I, I just like he um, I. Um, so I, we all knew about him because of you know his the younger brother of Lonzo Ball and he, on Instagram he'd be drop he'd be shooting like his game in AAU apparently was just he's just shooting the ball like from far out doesn't pass it doesn't drive just shoot it and he'll hit but anyway he was just really hate can you imagine being 16 years old like at your OT and then you're just this prospect and everyone hates you like wherever you go play you're 16 years old anyway so yeah he went to Lithuania and then Australia and. Um, and watching him play, yeah, I agree. He's got flair, special. He's definitely got the talent that his brother doesn't have. Well, it's a different kind of talent. I like Lonzo Ball, too. I would actually think that those two guys in a backcourt could actually be pretty interesting, to be honest. Like, Lonzo looks like more of the traditional point guard who's passing the ball, and he might shoot, but a l- little more just about setting up other guys. And Lamelo is a bit of just the scoring punch. A lot more athletic. Looks like he's a lot more athletic. He looks like when the career is done, people are going to remember Lamelo more than Lonzo. Um, that's mm. just obviously first take on this guy being like a you know he's a rookie. But so I, I was impressed there. I got a little small point. I thought it was kind of funny because I was watching a Lamelo compilation video, and more than once it he's driving to the hoop, and you got Gordon Hayward running up the wing, running to the corner, hands up in the air looking for the ball. LaMelo just goes and shoots. He's, he scores. So whatever, like you score. Um, and to be honest, I think that you've heard me complain that sometimes that's actually the right play to just, you're there in the paint, just try and shoot it. You're right by the basket rather than pass it out. But I just thought it was kind of funny. I'm just wondering like how long before a player like Gordon Hayward or anyone on Charlotte starts getting irritated that they're not getting the ball. But, uh, but you know, uh, that was a highlight clip. It's, it can be deceptive. Um, tell me, you're watching the Knicks and what? I was watching Knicks and oh god, I can't remember the other game. But um, RJ Barrett had a really good game, 
And uh, it was so weird. Oh, it, yeah, sorry. It was Nixon Warriors because they asked him after the game, by the way, uh, Walt Fraser, worst color commentator of all time. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's so funny because, you know, when when you would rant about um, Leo Rounds and Jack Armstrong, and I'm like, <laughs> Jason, there's so much. I, I get it. You don't like them. You find them terrible. But, like, there is levels of awfulness uh, worse <laughs> than those guys. And, my God, I mean... Uh, Walt Fraser was just like, yeah, that was great. Um, <laughs> RJ Barrett said something so funny that, um, because, you know, he went toe to toe with, uh, I think he was guarding uh, Wiggins for a lot of the game. And they said, they asked him, I was like guarding Wiggins. Like, oh yeah. Wiggins is, you know, Andrew, he's, he's a legend back home. I'm like, legend, isn't he like four years older than you? I mean, how long has Wiggins been? As long as Andrew uh, Wiggins been in the league, it's crazy. Um, and Andrew Wiggins was drafted the the year that LeBron came back because he was part of that trade, right? So that was the twenty fourteen. Yep. So six years ago, that's pretty hmm. substantial, actually, for a kid, right? Because if you think about, I suppose I Andrew suppose. Wiggins graduates high school, goes to college for a year, then uh, what's his name, R.J. Barrett, I guess, would be in like grade five or six. So if you're in grade five or six, you're barely even knowing what's wow. going on. Wow! Right? When you when you put it like, when you put it like that, yeah. I mean that's five or six. You're you know yeah. grade five and six. You're you're hanging posters in your bedroom wall of, of guys that you're watching on TV, that, right? So, and that's by the time Wiggins is getting drafted. So if you remember when I remember hearing about Wiggins when he was like 12, 13 years old, where there being articles about this is the next, you know. This is going to be the Canadian prospect. So that means that, mm. what's his name? R.J. Um, Barrett would have been six years old. If he's known basketball at that time, and he's heard this name when he's like six. Hey, that's Andrew, whatever. And then he's like, then he's like, say, eight years old. Who now, when you're eight years old, you're at school, you're actually playing games on your own, right? You remember at Chisholm when we played, when we played sports. So then you're like looking at some guy who's in high school. So if you're really in part of the in high school, he's playing high school so like you're eight years old like wow then you get to be 10 years old like that guy is getting ranked he looks like he might be a mcdonald's all-american by the time you're 12 he's like he's that guy's gonna be that guy is a mcdonald's all-american maybe if i work hard i can be like that so that's kind of the mindset you would have if you're rj looking up at andrew wiggins i think yeah you know as your whole childhood you just hear this guy's name so anyway sorry keep going Mm -hmm. nope that that was it on that i just found it okay um, yeah it was yeah interesting to to hear that come out of him post game rj barrett that is it's true though right he really was like i I don't know if you followed him back then but we he was supposed to be like the way rj described him right just he didn't live up to the expectations but i mean how hard like when you have expectations to say you're going to be the greatest player in your country's history i mean that's kind of hard to live up to right it's it's that's why it makes it all the special all that much more special that lebron actually did live up to everything right do you imagine all the hype around him um, yeah, I mean, he still uh, might be. It's funny that this was now. This was the New York Knicks broadcast. They prefaced by saying that they they made a big deal. Well, I don't know, a big deal, but they they said, look, Steve Nash was not born in Canada. He was born in South Africa. Yeah, and, right. um, yeah. My friend always talks about that. He's uh, South African, not Canadian. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I, I I suppose if we're splitting hairs, but uh, I mean, Donovan <laughs> Bailey, Donovan Bailey was not born in Canada either, and you know. Um, that's right. But, um, right. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, I mean, I, th- 
I think we all consider Donovan Bailey Canadian and Steve Nash <laughs> Canadian. And uh, let's, but yeah, I mean, RJ, um, sorry, um, Wiggins. I mean, uh, not not to bring up the 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 WhatsApp chat I was referencing earlier, but I mean, you know, I think first couple of games when um, Steph Curry was was shit in the bed and and you know Wiggins was not helping him out. You know, there was all that like. Oh my God, is Wiggins like you know the biggest bust ever? It's just like no, he's he's not, and I I I don't know if he's come down to earth, but I still think there's a level to his game that you know he <laughs> might be. Um, okay, I think he might. I'm, I'm trying to think of a player that we grew up with that you know he he might be um, like like I could see him. I could kind of see a Wiggins uh, turn into like a Jeff okay. Hornacek. Joe you know, Smith. just just Joe Smith, Jeff Hornacek. Yep. Um, yes, yes. I like I like the Joe Smith reference. Highly um, ranked. Just a gu- had a career. Nothing to write home about. That's about it. Yeah. But you know. could still be part of. Yeah, could still be part of a team that makes a deep run, and you can, uh, you know, remember his contribution. You you can pick out moments. Yeah, he had a career. career. He had contracts. He showed up to work. He did what he's being asked to do what he was being asked to do kind of decreased as the years went by when they realized he wasn't going to be what people hoped he would be. But that's okay. That's like fine. You know, that just happens. When if you think about when uh, an investment bank or a consulting firm hires, say, 200 new consultants every year, they're kind of, they're hiring, hoping that every single one of them has the chance to become a partner. And then realistically, as time goes on, they start to just identify so-and-so doesn't have this attribute, they don't have this work ethic or whatever. And then it just whittles down and whittles down. All of a sudden you got like five people left after 10 years who they're going to become partner. They're going to become managing director. And um, that's just kind of how it is with like, I think all, all fields, including the NBA, you know, mm-hmm. um, you watch, you watch the Warriors. Did you watch much of James Wiseman? You got any opinion on him? Any opinion on him? Any observations? Now is James Wiseman, Sorry, James Wiseman, the poor soul that Draymond <laughs> Green keeps picking on. Yeah, 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 because yeah, he's Draymond's the mentor to Wiseman, right? They're both playing center. Now, so. now, did Draymond get his second <laughs> technical okay. against the oh, the same Knicks game that I watched because oh, he right. yelled at his own teammate? Is that the same <laughs> Wiseman? Well, the ref, that's that's true. Yeah, the ref thought he was yelling at the ref. The ref didn't realize that. Oh, so they that, that's. The that's glorious. That's just glorious. Because we've we've talked about we've talked about Draymond Green in the past, and what was that one game that he missed Game Five? And it's like, oh, but what if he played? Like, what if he didn't get that like five hundredth, you know, flagrant technical foul? It's just like, yeah. man, like yeah. you have that <laughs> reputation. It's like <laughs> you have that reputation. Of course, if you're going to drop an F bomb, the refs are going to think that you're saying it about them. Um, so you know, the ref did it. Fool me once. The, yeah. Well, the ref admitted. Fool me once. Yeah. Okay, but it's like, come on, man. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And it's like, come on, Draymond. Like, you, you're literally on probation every single. Day that you play the the sport of basketball, you're on probation. Pretty much the Rashid Wallace effect. I mean, I remember, yeah. oh, man, I remember there was a clip of Rashid Wallace just looking at the referee, and he would <laughs> not, he would not, um, he would not stand down. He kept that, you know, that 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 forty yard stare, whatever you call it, 
and he got yeah. killed just by looking at him. And then Steve Smith, this was all, this was in Portland. Steve Smith was just like, oh, come on, Rick. Because, you know, I guess they knew referees on a first name basis. Like, come on, Rick, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. It's just like, yeah, he did. He looked at him because you know Rashid Wallace is going to say something. So the ref was just preemptive and says, I'm just going to give you this technical. You're not saying <laughs> anything right now, but I know you're about to. And so he's definitely got that reputation. Um, I have and, not seen enough of Wiseman okay. to go back to your point to, to have an opinion of him. Okay. But like, uh, just from what I did see of him, <clears throat> he made me think about maybe play outside just a little bit right off and he's driving to like no we don't need that from Giannis um so James Wiseman I was very impressed with what I was seeing probably uh, maybe the most naturally talented draft pick the Warriors have had in the modern era like he's more naturally gifted than Curry and Clay and Draymond and um, I, you know, I, I mean, cause he's just like, you look at his size, the way he can move, he can kind of shoot a little bit, you know, like I think having that interior presence, it'll be really interesting to see what that Warriors team looks like once they get Clay back. I think they're, I think the, uh, the Warriors are going to be really good, uh, in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Now really good enough to beat the Lakers. I don't know about that, but we'll, we'll see him back. I just, the very fact that, and let's talk about the standings right now, because the, I mean, we'll come to the West, but I was just going to say the very fact that these Warriors teams, since they lost like that finals, that they haven't been a playoff contender at all in that time, it just sort of revalidates, confirms my whole point that they're just a dynasty with an asterisk. Anyway, um, the <laughs> the East. Um, so just to recap it off, uh, I should actually just check meanwhile real time where they actually are. But what I saw was last Philly at one, Pacers at number two, Cavs, Knicks, Hawks somehow are all in the top eight. Um, Bucks, Nets wouldn't even have home court in the fi- conference finals, yet the Raptors, Heat, Wizards, Magic, all out of the top eight. Do you have any thoughts on any of that so far? And can, can we make anything things, those observations? When I see... I'll start with the Raptors. When I see the Raptors yeah. lose the games that they lose... I, again, it kind of goes back to my opening thing. It's like, they got good players. You know, I think Chris Boucher is going to be a good player in in a year or two. Just got to fill out a bit. You can, you can see the potential there. Um, It's just time for the Raptors to lose games. That's all it is. It's like, you know, you lose, I guess, three players. Well, well, if you include Danny Green, but you, you have, um, you're losing four of your championship players. Yeah. you know, it's it's just your time to lose. That, that, that's that's yeah. all it is. There's nothing wrong with the team that you're fielding. It's just not good enough, especially if, if Boston's getting better, if if Giannis is healthy, if if Brooklyn is now a contender and now the and front runner. It, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, if Philly, oh my goodness, Philly got better. Um, yeah. You know, Philly got better without just being healthy. And, and maybe maybe Doc is, Doc's, um, Ducks are really good, um, kind of like, um, maybe you had, cause you're all about, um, I was going to actually ask you, um, what's the equivalent of, uh, what's the, what's the financial words equivalent or the consultant words equivalent of a guy that's, um, it's like a darling, but then wears on you thin. Like he's, he, you can send him into a company and then he shakes things up and he gets, uh, and then he gets uh, morale up and, 
you know, and, and, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm butchering these lines, but uh, butchering these words, but he's able to get profits up and all this. He's able to inject this energy oh. that, 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 tr- that translates well in terms of, uh, how, how shareholders would react. But, um, but then three, four years down the road, you're just, you're trying to get rid of this guy. You know, it's just, yeah, it's okay. a short term. That, that's, that's, that's what Doc Rivers is, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, it's almost like you need one of those hired guns, like a consultant, just to come in and just take care of a few things to fix it up and then go, which is kind of like what Tim Laiwiki was meant to be for the Raptors, too, I think. I don't think, yeah. I'm not sure that he was ever meant to stay longer than he was. No, he uh, got he got in and got yeah. out. Just change yeah, up the I culture, think, bring who you need to bring in. Yeah. yeah. I can, yeah. I can, I can, I can see Doc Rivers making an impression on players because they're maybe not used to his message, but then hearing that raspy voice, you know, <laughs> three years later, it's just like, all right, Doc, I know what you're going to say this, that it's the whole, you know, it's when you were talking about Jeff Gun, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, you know, blowing the whistle and giving me 20, it's like, <laughs> all right, you can see that working like, you know, the first year, but it's, it's very hard. <laughs> I think the co- I think the laid I think a laid back coach is the way to be. That's I think it's why you have Spolstra and Steve Kerr. Those are and and to be fair, I think Nick Nurse as well is in there for the long haul. I think guys that are quote um, player friendly coaches are 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 such because there's you know they really don't bombard the message. They don't they don't they don't take up all the oxygen in the room. And I think Doc is great at that um, in the beginning, but then uh, he might, uh, you know, he, he might be more, um, he might be more of a detriment to whatever. But anyways, back to the Raptors. Point is, it's their time to lose. It's their time to tank. It's their time to. Um, I don't know why they're not trading Kyle Lowry this second and trying to get a pick. Oh. Um, because if you're trying to tank, now would be a good time to do it. Um, and I, you know, here in Toronto. A lot of people are worried about that because of, oh, Kyle Lowry's got to re- retire Raptor. I'm like, that's not how it works. He's <laughs> going to always be remember. He's always going to be remembered as a Raptor. He can go into the Hall of Fame as a Toronto Raptor. He can be bronzed as a Toronto Raptor. He can come back in three years and they can play a stupid um, montage of him with, um, I don't know, City in Color, Tragically Hip, or you know, Adele song playing in the background and you know, showing his greatest highlights and. Um, you know, everyone's just crying and Raptor Square. I mean, he's gonna get all that, but you can trade him this moment. And he can and also retire. No a, you remember Paul Pierce? And of course, he, he can, that one day contract with the Celtics to retire as a Celtic. And there Amari you go. The Knicks. It happens. A lot of players do that. Yeah. Charles Barkley. There you go. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Um, so I. Yeah. But everybody, yeah Rap- every, everybody wants that Reggie moment. If you remember all the fans in Conseco Fieldhouse all tearing up when Reggie's last game or. Um, like because they were playing the Pistons, I think everybody keeps thinking yeah. of those that kind of moment. But you know, I, I get it. Um, I don't know. I just trading Kyle. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's definitely got a. He's one year left. So definitely would other teams would definitely cover having that guy on their books. I think, and he's he's got the salary, the, the thirty mil. So like you can apparently, from what I understand, is because of what his salary is, you can actually trade for some other pieces too like that it, it's a pretty workable type of trade um so then just kind of the west um 
I'm not, I don't really have that many comments on it. It's kind of like, I'm not really that surprised by what I'm seeing. Like, you know, Grizzlies and the Suns and the it, potentially in the playoffs, like the top eight. Like, and then here's who's ninth and below, right? Because I think it's more interesting to talk about who's not in the playoff contention. I actually wanted to get your opinion back to the East because, um, oh, you know, okay. when, when, you, when you said, no, no, it's just a quick thing. Um, when you said it, it made complete sense that you never, you, you just couldn't picture a, a Beal and Westbrook Wizards team just oh, not yeah. being better than what they are. And no, no. I've seen, I've seen a couple of their games too. And, and I don't get it either because um, they both pretty, they, they, they play all right. And, but they're just not getting the W's. I'm very surprised by it. Um, I would not have expected that team to not at least be in the top eight. And you're right. Maybe they can turn it around. Um, but it is like a quarter of the season. So it just makes me think too, like teams start to settle into who they are, you know, by this point. Um, the Heat, are you surprised by the fact that they're not in the top eight? I cannot think of a single game that uh, Butler has played in. What What's what's his deal? I feel like, is he injured? Is he, are they resting him? Like, I, I feel like I haven't seen one mention of not just him, but like the brilliance that they had in the playoffs last year. I feel like every time I catch highlights, it's kind of a different core playing on the court. It's um, I don't know what's going on with the Heat, but um, I haven't been following that much. And when I do catch glimpses of them, it's like I don't even I, I literally don't recognize a team in the sense that it, it's it's not even the same players I saw last year. I, I I actually don't know what's going on with the Heat. Okay. Yeah. I don't quite understand what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just thinking that you know, the pandemic is just turning everything upside down. Um, so that, that's my only little take. Um, I'm curious to see how much the bubble changes everything. Let's say, well, you know what? I mean, I'm assuming they're going to do the playoffs in the bubble, but who knows? Maybe they, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm just assuming they'll eventually shift to a bubble. Cause if you have like all these games being missed, it's pretty tough to do a playoff schedule. I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. And then last, kind of just one small thing. Did you see the Shaq Donovan Mitchell interview? Oh my God. Shaq yeah, Mitchell. <laughs> Shaq Mitchell. Shaq Rudy Gobert. I mean, I just, I, I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> you and I actually didn't get a chance to respond. I do enjoy our Facebook um, interactions. Um, and you basically said something to the effect of. Uh, because I posted something about uh, James Harden and Shaq coming, uh, commenting on oh, it, yeah. and your whole point was like, well, his his overall point was was right. He just you know didn't didn't say it the way he should have. I'm like, isn't he the big Aristotle? Shouldn't he have some <laughs> command over the English language? The thing I don't get about Shaq is that um, I don't find him funny. I know that I don't know if you remember back in the day when him and Bill Walton went at it. He he was he was a player and he would say, "Oh, Bill Walton bringing big Bill Walton is breaking big man code 3.28 section B." It's like, "Bro, that's that's not funny, man." Like he's this is where I think Shaq's strengths are. I think when he's kind of off the cuff just being himself. I thought he was the star of the whole Kobe memorial tribute when, 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 when Kobe Bryant passed away, it was him and Dwayne Wade. I enjoyed them thoroughly. I, but Shaq on the crew is just, 
<laughs> you know, I've, I've said it before. I don't, I don't enjoy him. Um, I don't mind the beefs back and forth when him picking him because I guess that's, you know, it's, it's something that was done to him. So he's going to do it to the next generation. And I, I get it. I get why Paul Pierce does it. I get it. Why Shaq does it. I don't like it, but I get it. Um, but I just don't, you know, Shaq, the, the person, the personality, I'm just, I'm just not, it just, it just further confirms my point that I don't like, um, his style. and. I think he'll never be Charles Barkley. I, I always knew he was never going to be Barkley, but but this year just confirms it. Um, when Barkley speaks, so so James Harden's a perfect example. They both kind of said more or less the same thing about James Harden, but when Barkley says it, um, and it, it makes sense to me, it, it, Barkley's command of his words. I'm, I'm not talking about education or anything. You know, you and I were talking offline about you know. Um, Jim Cornette and used a word called, um, what is it? Um, elocution, elocution, elocution. I had to look that up. I never knew about that word. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and, um, the word, I, the word I always use, the word I always was taught was, um, was, was, Oh, someone's a great orator. And I always yeah. thought of Barclay as a great orator because it's, <laughs> it's not the vocabulary you know, it's not the choice of vocabulary. It's just that the words that he uses, they're just perfect. He's so concise. I'm almost jealous sometimes that he gets more into a 10 second soundbite than I can in like in a podcast that we're doing. Right. Barkley just yeah. he hits his marks and yeah. Shaq just doesn't. And I can't stand <laughs> Shaq's beefs. I, I can't do it. I don't know if you're aware, Jason, but Shaq is currently um, he's with AEW Wrestling. And I don't no, know if you're familiar with all. So I don't know if you're aware, but you know, AEW is, is is part of the Turner family. I think part of Shaq this year, um, I think Shaq's persona this year is bleeding into his wrestling character. He is featured <laughs> prominently on AEW okay. wrestling, and yeah. I, no, I'm being dead serious. I think I think he's kind of working a shtick because. He's on Tuesday nights on on um, with TNT Basketball. He's featured Wednesday nights on AEW Wrestling. Um, conversely, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes has got some new show on TNT. Um, so so you know Turner's just doing a weird thing with this whole you know wrestling and basketball thing. And I don't know if you remember about a few years ago. Um, Shaq and the Big Show were featured in a match. Not a match. It was the Andre the yeah, Giant. Yeah, And so apparently exactly. talks broke yeah. off because the way that the way they eliminated each other, they were supposed to work a program the next year. Thank God that didn't happen. To hear Big Show and Shaq promos for like four weeks leading up to WrestleMania, I mean, shoot me <laughs> now. Um, no, just Shaq's, Shaq's <laughs> gotta go. I know Shaq's never gonna go, but if, if I had the book, Shaq's gotta go. At the very least, I'd snip his nuts off a bit. I would give him one day a week, or, you know, I, I would just have him less featured, put it that way. I think you got a good thing with Kenny and, and Charles, and just kind of have Shaq's chair like a rotating chair, just, you know, every week, you know, your guest, you know, fourth man in the booth, I would, that's what I would do if, if, if I could schedule things, because I think Shaq's good for the basketball product. I just want to see less of them. That's, that's a great way to finish it up, man. All right, everybody, if you got any thoughts on the 
on the season. We'd love to hear from you. Bayheightspod at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Bayheightspod is the handle. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can drop in your mail. We'll be doing a mailbag episode as, uh, coming up soon. So we'd love to hear any questions or thoughts you guys have. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ryan. Take care, man. Stick to your vision, keep the composition. Seen a lot of shame in the game. Seen a lot of pain with the fame. Seen a lot of highs and lows, but that's just the way life goes.